Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to It's a Crime, I'm Linda, and today we're going to be talking about the case of Lori Vallow Daybell. She has two missing children, and it's been almost four and a half months since 17-year-old Tylee Ryan and her little seven-year-old brother JJ Vallow have been missing. Lori was... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nyx.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com ordered to produce her children at the end of January, but did not come through on it. Once the children are found, if and when they're located, they won't be going home with Lori. They will be placed in custody of the state and then appointed a guardian. And JJ's grandmother said she'd be happy to take on that role. She said, you do what's best for your kids. As an adult, you put your feelings aside and you do what's best for the kids. So I'm gonna take you on a little journey back to April 2018 and then I'll go forward with the timeline. Tylee's aunt, her name is Annie Cushing and she's coming forward and talking about her experiences and her observations about Lori. She actually called Lori unhinged and she's concerned about the well-being of the kids. Now Tylee's biological dad's name is Joseph Ryan and that was Lori's third husband. So Annie and Joseph are siblings. Joseph and Lori divorced way back in 2004, and there was also a custody battle over Tylee. So Lori got divorced, she moved from Texas to Arizona, and then Joseph followed her there. So in April 2018, 
Joseph Ryan died from an apparent heart attack and he was only 59 years old. The sad thing is, is he actually wasn't found for over a week and he was only found after a neighbor's dog actually started to detect a smell and so they found him and then he was gone. Now Lori learned about Joseph's death and didn't even pass on the reports to their family. This is according to what Annie says. And she said her family found out more than a month after Joseph passed away because no one had claimed his body and authorities tracked the family down and let them know. But Lori actually asks Annie at that time to go down to Arizona to support or help support Tylee. And Annie said she was surprised when she got there at Lori's demeanor. This is her words. She says, when I got there, it was as if nothing happened. People were hardly talking about Joe. And when Lori did, the tenor was, she would actually say, the world is a better place without Joe Ryan. And Annie says that her main concern is Lori's mental health. She said that Lori was always religious, but she became obsessed with these end of time stories. And she says, there was one time where she was talking about it and she said, sometimes I think it would be better just to put my kids in a car and go off a side of a cliff. Now there's court documents that were filed at the same time there was this custody battle over Tylee. And in 2007, it was revealed that Lori was ordered to undergo a psychological evaluation after she told social workers that death would be an option before giving Tylee to her father, Mr. Joseph Ryan, even for a visit. Annie also said that she told Tylee during the visit that she believes Lori might be a sociopath. And she texted Tylee saying, I think she's unhinged and untethered from the truth. She also goes on to say, to her, this was all a game. She had no empathy for the suffering anyone else was experiencing, including Tylee. And then after she left, she vowed never to see Lori ever again. One thing I want to mention about Joseph Ryan, which is Tylee's dad, is what Alex Cox did to him. Now, Alex is Lori's brother, and it seems like he's her protector. There were two incidences that happened, according to court documents, with Joseph Ryan. The first one, Alex threatened to kill Joseph. And the second one, they were doing a custody child exchange. And then Alex was walking with them in the parking lot and wanted to talk to him. And apparently he actually allegedly shocked him with a stun gun and then threatened to kill him. And then Joseph was able to escape. But the next year, he pleads guilty to an aggravated assault charge in the second degree regarding this matter and served three months in jail. So now let's move on to summer of 2019. On July 11th, 2019, Charles Vallow, who is Lori's fourth husband of 13 years, dies from two gunshot wounds to his chest. And Lori's brother, Alex, killed him that morning of July 11th. He claims it was self-defense. Now, the same morning that all went down, Lori brought JJ to school. It's unclear if Tylee was with them or not. Now, that same day that Charles died, which was in their home, they ended up, or neighbors reported, that they had a pool party that afternoon, and there was music and loud music, and they had a bunch of people over. Now, there's a police body cam, and you can see it all over YouTube, of the day that this all went down. And in it, I remember Alex saying that he was over there and they were gonna do something fun that day. They were gonna go out and do something fun that day. 
So I don't know how it turned into a pool party in the afternoon and to celebrate while Charles, meanwhile, just died in their living room. And I wonder what she told the kids when they got home, like he just disappeared or did she actually say that he died? And the reason why Charles was there that morning was to go pick up JJ. So now a little more about JJ. He's seven years old and he has autism. And about a year and a half ago or so, Charles had bought a service dog for JJ. It was a golden doodle named Bailey. And apparently JJ struggled with sleeping throughout the night and staying in his bed. According to the trainer of this service dog, Bailey would be in his room to help him stay in bed. And this trainer of the dog has been doing this for 20 years. And he had an interview with Fox News and said that Lori gave up the dog before the kids disappeared. And in August, Lori called the trainer and said that he needed to get Bailey immediately because they were moving to Idaho. He said he was shocked when he got that call and asked why she wants to give up the dog and her excuse was, well, cause Charles died. I don't even know what that has to do with anything because this is a service dog to help JJ with his needs. And if she's planning on moving JJ to Idaho, which she did, then why wouldn't the service dog come with him? So the trainer asks, is everything okay? She says it's too hard to talk about. And when he went to go retrieve the dog along with some of the other items with the dog, he said the kids were in the car. He said JJ was in the back seat. So Lori gave the dog over to the trainer along with the stuff. And Lori asks if he had found a home for the dog yet. And he says, no, the dog's coming with me. And the trainer said that Lori did not want him to engage with Tylee or JJ. So now on to August 10th. The grandparents, their names are Larry and Kay Woodcock, and they received a 36 second FaceTime call with JJ. However, during this 36 second call, they said that there was something wrong during their chat. They said it was as if someone was actually telling JJ what to say during this really quick conversation. And Larry says there was somebody else there, and Kay adds, they were holding the device. Normally, JJ would hold the device and he'd run around with it. They go on to say, we're asking the public, please, for God's sake, anything anybody needs, please, please step up. So now by the end of August, Lori Vallow, the kids, Lori's brother, Alex, and also Lori's sister-in-law, Melanie Boudreau, moved to Rexburg, Idaho. And something to note is that Melanie, Lori's niece, actually asked her hubby that summer for a divorce. And I believe they were together for something like 11 years or something like that. And it was a surprise to Melanie's husband that, they, that she wanted a divorce. And Melanie was now also practicing the same religion as Lori. All of them together moved to Rexburg, Idaho. What I also wanna point is all of them, Lori, Melanie, and Alex also all got remarried in November. So keep that in mind and more on that later. You can also check a video where I map out some of the deaths and marriages right here. So now Lori enrolled JJ in school on September 3rd at Kennedy Elementary School in Rexburg. And this is according to the principal there. And three weeks later on September 23rd, she unenrolls JJ saying that she is gonna homeschool him. Now, Tylee supposedly was already homeschooled and she graduated early, so she wasn't in school at this time. 
but I do remember seeing something about she wanted to come to Idaho so that she could be with her brother. She didn't want to leave him alone. And now instead of being at a specialized school in Arizona where Charles had him in, he is now enrolled in a school in Rexburg and it looks like JJ's schedule might be cramping Lori's style. I don't know. September 23rd is the last day that anyone had seen JJ. Now police say Tylee was also seen in September but it is unclear as to where and when. After September 3rd, when she enrolls JJ in this new school, she writes an email to his old school. That was on September 5th, and it's called the Life Academy. And she says she'd been offered a job out of state and had to accept it and that JJ won't be returning to the school. She says, since the circumstances in our lives have changed dramatically since my husband passed away last month, I've been offered a job out of state and have had to accept it, she wrote. And then she also says, we have had to move quickly since the job started ASAP, so I'm sad to inform you that Joshua won't be returning this year. I'd love to know what her job was. She added, we are doing our best to adjust to our new life. Now this is where lies a huge issue. Life Academy in Gilbert, Arizona is for kids who have special needs. And since JJ was on the autism spectrum, they could help cater to his needs. This is a little description of this school. We currently have multiple classrooms that support students with a wide array of cognitive, physical, and emotional needs. Our classrooms utilize research-based curriculum and our teachers are supported by our Life Academy resource team. Many of our students receive on-site therapy and behavior support. We also hold consult meetings between teachers, therapists, behavior specialists, and administrators to discuss classroom needs and collaborate on how to best serve each student in the classroom. Finally, we have many amenities on our campus to truly make education fun and engaging. And this place looks amazing. We have all kinds of cool things on campus. They have a sensory room, they have a pool, they have like, look like a splash kind of water area. It's a really cool place and it really helps to develop and nurture these children. And so the CEO of this academy released a statement about JJ and says, our hearts continue to ache during this time. We all want to know where JJ is and know that he is safe. JJ is a beautiful boy who has a smile that goes on for days. His joy of life was contagious. He started with us as a very quiet child and soon blossomed into a child who loved coming to class, loved being with his friends, and loved to talk about his family. We are shocked to learn of Charles' death. It was evident on campus that Charles deeply loved JJ and JJ loved him. Lori always had a smile when seen on campus with JJ and when he was unenrolled, we were told they were leaving the state due to a job opportunity. When the story broke, we were devastated. The thought that JJ left us at the beginning of September and was last seen on Idaho on September 23rd was overwhelming to hear. We have two yellow ribbons hanging on our trees on the property one for JJ and one for Tylee. Staff members wear small yellow ribbons daily in support of JJ and Tylee's safe return. JJ is part of the life family and we want him to be safe and found happy and smiling as we remember him when he was here. We all pray for a happy ending and a positive outcome. 
Something I also saw on their website was, it says, we strive to offer affordable services to families in their effort to provide the very best for their child. While our private academy tuition is 37,500 annually, most of our students receive scholarships to fund their child's tuition. And I remember Charles Vallow saying something about he stole from her around $30,000. So I just thought that was interesting how it was close. I can't remember if it was $26,000 or $36,000. It was very close. I'll have to check on that amount. So there is some serious concerns, in my opinion, where she put JJ in the new school. So I'm going to offer my insight and shed just a little bit of light on this. This academy, like I mentioned, catered to his needs and they help him thrive as a child and as a future adult. And when a child has autism, it's forever with him, okay? But they can gain skills needed to navigate through their life. And change is super disruptive for people on the spectrum, for many people on the spectrum. And I'm talking just a slight change to their daily schedule. Some kids are more flexible than others because once you met someone with autism, you met one person with autism, meaning everybody is different. They all have their own challenges and, and unique gifts. So JJ not only has some minor disruptions, he has major, major disruptions. His father dies. His service dog is taken away from him. He's moved to a different state and going to a different school. These are major things for anybody, let alone a seven-year-old child. And no disrespect to the new school, but it is nothing compared to what he was at, in my opinion. It's just he would not get the same level of care as he would at this academy, which is a whole entire school catered to their needs. Now, I'm curious if he had a specialized plan at this new school or if Lori bothered to even talk about that or to help him out. So I also wondered maybe Rexburg doesn't have a specialized school, but then I looked up schools in Rexburg with autism or for autism kids, and there's three of them in the area. So, so now there's a text that surfaces from Lori to a friend or a family friend saying, we are headed out of state. We are trying to move on with life. It's not been easy, but I have to do what I can for the kids. Thanks for everything. So that is right before she went to move to Idaho. So the kids were last seen September 23rd. And it actually happens to be Tylee's 17th birthday that day, from what I read. Now, a week later on October 1st, Lori goes and rents a storage unit. She rents a 10 by 10 storage unit for $53 a month. And from October to November, there was a series of visits. There was actually 10 visits, nine in October and one in November. So the first trip on October 1st was around 2.30 p.m. Lori goes and rents this unit. She's seen on camera driving a blue Nissan Rogue. The second and third times were approximately at 1.30 now, and she comes back on October 2nd and the third with a man who's believed to be her brother, Alex. And his truck was seen several times on camera where the storage unit is. Now you can see her car parked right outside that storage building door. And in one of those visits, Alex looks around back and forth to make sure that nobody is looking. 
He carries something large out of the storage unit and it looks quite heavy. He brings it out of the door and puts it into the car. And it looks almost like, I feel like I kept rewinding and it kind of looks like a gymnastic mat, you know, like a thicker mat over top of this heavy item. I don't know, but it's fairly heavy. And for some reason, this one bothers me at this, this thing that they carry out. And I'm curious as to where the video is of these items coming in because that wasn't shown on the news. So they go back inside the unit and they go take a tire and bring it back out. And then Lori closes the door. And now the third to seventh visit was actually between October 6th and 26th. And a man visits the storage unit five times in this, in this time span. And it's presumably Alex and he's alone. Now cameras show him dropping off a variety of items, including gun cases. And then the next time, which would have been the eighth time, was on October 28th at around 2 p.m. And two men are seen moving bikes into the storage unit. And one looks like Alex Cox, complete with the waddle and the way he walks. He has a certain way he walks, you could see in the video. Now, sometimes they're seen putting items into the unit including a tire, and then removing them within days, according to the news report. And they were also seen with large, heavy tote bags. And nobody comes back until a month later. Now, on November 24th, Lori and a man are seen carrying out a tote, and they stay for four minutes. Now, could that be Chad Daybell, I wonder, which is her hubby and if you haven't followed it again look here you can see that whole marriage and death stuff but i wonder if that could be chad daybell and also if it is him he'd know that Lori had children because of what was in that storage unit because he actually made a public statement saying that he did not know that Lori had minor children so in this storage unit, there were kids bikes, there was two large blankets that showed Tylee's pictures on it and another blanket that showed JJ's picture on this blanket. And there was a scooter, a photo album, sports equipment, even JJ's backpack was in there and a jersey with Colby Ryan's name on it, which is Lori's oldest son and he's in his 20s. So in January, Lori's credit card was actually declined for the storage unit. And the place was called Self Storage Plus. And they recognized that it might have been Lori who was coming to the unit. So they called the surveillance and then they submitted this video surveillance. And now the authorities have it. So now we talk about October 10th, where Tylee Ryan, she had been missing now for a few weeks. And there's proof that her Venmo account was used on October 10th and October 16th. And it was sent to her half-brother, Colby Ryan, which is Lori's oldest, like I mentioned. And on October 25th, Tylee's friend said she received a text from Tylee saying, hi, miss you guys, love ya. But she said it was kinda a little bit odd. Now, sometime in November, Lori Vallow marries Chad Daybell, and this is now her fifth husband. And this is while her kids are missing. Now, Chad, who is the knight in shining armor, marries Lori only two weeks after his wife of almost 30 years passes away. And there were also two more nuptials that happened in November. 
Alex Cox gets married, and so does Melanie Boudreaux. So they all get rid of whoever spouses they have at the time, and now in November they all get married, and it's within days of each other. And I'm curious, I'm pretty sure that the divorce wasn't finalized with Charles Vallow at that point because they were talking about working on things. So I guess this is a nice quick way for her to have a divorce, right? Charles dies and Chad's wife suddenly dies. So that's quick for him too, because now he's a widow. And Melanie asked for a divorce in summer as well. And there was an attempt on her husband Brandon's life, but was unsuccessful. So now all of them are newly married and then ride off into the sunset. But why? Why do they all do this at the same time is the question. So now November 26, there was a welfare check issued for JJ and Tylee. Cops go there to the welfare check. Lori says some BS about JJ being in Arizona. So on the 27th, cops come back and they have a search warrant for the house and then they also go to this storage unit but now Lori and her new hubby is nowhere to be found and apparently according to the police Lori told witnesses that Tylee had died a long time ago and said that JJ was in Arizona with family and also like I mentioned Chad said that Lori didn't have any minor children so now in December the cops put out a missing persons report December 20th to be exact and the next day, they announce that Lori and Chad are persons of interest. January 3rd, there's a search warrant for Chad Daybell's house. And January 7th, the grandparents, Larry and Kay, put up a $20,000 reward. Then on January 25th, Lori is served the court order to produce the children within five days, or she may be faced with contempt of court. So the next day, January 26th, she and Chad get served two search warrants. And on these days, January 25th and 26th, she was found in Hawaii, in Kauai, Hawaii. And she gets stopped at the resort and they seized their rental car and she was found with a whole bunch of money in a plastic bag. Now, Nate Eaton, if you haven't seen this, he's from East Idaho News, he's awesome. He bombarded her with a bunch of questions. It was great to see him do that. And she smirked the whole time. I'm sure he wanted to wipe the smirk right off her. On January 29th, JJ's grandparents actually filed for guardianship of JJ. And on the 30th, that's D-Day, and Lori does not produce the children. And when talking to the grandmother, Kay called her a monster. She said, Lori is not going to make this easy. She's got an end game in her head. Although this is not a game, obviously she thinks it is. And she says, you do what's best for the kids. As an adult, you put your feelings aside and you do what's best for the kids. And then when she was asked where Lori might be, she said, probably sunning on the beach somewhere while we're sitting here wondering where the kids are. And then the reporter asks about some possible insurance from Charles Vallow's death. And she says, maybe that's helping her buy new bikinis to be in the beach in Hawaii. She's clearly super upset. And then she goes on to talk about Chad Daybell and she says, if I was Chad, I'd be sleeping with one eye open. Absolutely, she's a black widow. And that's funny that she says that because I call her the black widow bride. Now she goes on to say, she's gonna quickly become a Casey Anthony. Everybody remembers the Casey Anthony case. And then she talks about the $20,000 still stands. And Rexburg police, have said they believe that Lori no either knows the location of where these kids are at 
or she knows what happened to them. And I guess now it's just, let's prove it, right? So as of yesterday, Tylee Ryan's phone has been found. It's been announced. And Tylee's phone has been used quite a few times since her disappearance, but they found it in possession of Lori. So some of the other things I've been thinking about is JJ is on supposed medication. I don't know what he's taking, but obviously there could be side effects from it. It's been said that there hasn't been any prescriptions filled, but I don't know for sure. Now there was an interesting YouTube interview that I saw. And this woman, her name was Julie Rowe, and she used to be friends with Chad Daybell. And, and Chad actually was the publisher of Julie Rowe's books, but something happened, they had some altercations, they couldn't see eye to eye, and they are no longer friends. But she has some abilities, she says. And she says, I do know the kids are safe. I can see them. I can see their energy and that they're in a bright house. I can see they're in the living room where they are. I can see their comfortable bed at night. you got to actually watch this interview. It's quite interesting because she's not in favor of Chad. But she just talks about some of the things that he believes and some of the things that are going on, etc., etc. And it is an interesting kind of interview. When I think about it, I, I wonder if the kids are still alive as well, only because of this end of days stuff. Earlier, she talked about driving off of a cliff, but she talked about her driving off of a cliff with them. And so I'm wondering if she's just hiding them somewhere or there's some sort of belief where she needs the kids safe and not to be stolen from her because she believes in July 2020 that the second coming of Christ is coming and that she is a god to help all of this. So that's why I keep thinking that somehow they're hidden or they're, you know, in a bunker or something preparing for the end of days. And maybe that's why she had a smirk on her face the whole time when she was being interviewed. Like she said absolutely nothing. She doesn't seem too concerned that the kids are gone. So I'm wondering if she does know where they are, she's just hiding them somewhere. And I wonder if it is in Hawaii. I don't know. I don't know where they could be, but this is very, very concerning. Now, what are your thoughts? I'd love to know how far into this case are you? I have yet to dive into the actual religion. I did have a viewer talk about it and quite in depth. So thank you for that. That was very enlightening. But I'd like to know more about it. Now, I did hear that there's some viewers, there's some people out there who are actually now reading Chad Daybell's books because he is an author of 25 end of days books and they're starting to read in hopes that they will find some clues as to where the kids may be. Let's chat in the comments below. Give a like to this video, share it out, subscribe if you haven't done so already. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon.